The podcast has made it to the big D and we don't mean desert. Welcome to Snap Judgments. They're brought to you by Byers Auto. That is Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward, Ohio State, practicing again at AT&T Stadium, where we are right now, deep inside this wonderful structure. It's, it's loud in there. Yeah, so if it's echoey, sorry, that's why. Yeah, we they're practicing right now. We had an open viewing period, the first one with Ohio State since August, so we're going to get into that. Bill? We have to start, obviously, with Marvin Harrison Jr. not being in uniform, and I don't know why that would be a surprise to anyone. Yeah, it wasn't surprising. Uh, he was wearing his jersey, but then he was wearing a hoodie underneath his jersey and uh, was riding the exercise bike in a you know rather leisurely manner while the rest of the team was practicing uh, and going through some stretching. So, like, clearly, uh, he's not going to play here. Uh, he's not practicing here. No one thought otherwise. But, I mean, it's, I don't know. At least he's here, right? You didn't, you didn't have to be here with the team. I think it's good that he's here with the team, but... Um, anyone who was holding out hope, I don't know why you would be, but uh, the, the dream is dead. I'm going to just, the guy looked depressed. Like, I, I oh, was, come lo- on. was looking at him through You're the so camera. Far away from <laughs> I was looking at him through the camera. You know, it's a fairly long lens. I can I can get there. I don't think this is what he wants to do, but I think he knows yeah. what he has to do. Yeah. As opposed to, like, Lathan Ransom, who's not playing for injury and walking around and being, you know, talkative with the guys. Like, I think this hurts him that he knows that he, it's not the right decision to play in this game. Uh, and Ohio State has to move on, obviously, and he has to deal with it. But I don't think it's what he wants to do. I'm, I'm telling you, I looked through, I looked into his eyes, man, and I was like, that guy looks unhappy. Well, he's a football player. He does love to play. We talked about that in the buildup to this game. It, it, it couldn't just be about love of the game. Unfortunately, it has to be a financial decision for Marvin Harrison Jr. Your point, Berm, like, was right. He could have torn his ACL on Friday night and still been a top 10 pick. But why risk any part of that slotted guaranteed money. This is the right decision, I think, for Marvin Harrison Jr., even though I think we would all agree we'd love to see him play one more time and end his career on a high note. We went through this two years ago with the with the Rose Bowl. Marvin was the direct beneficiary of Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson not playing at wide receiver. So I, I thought we'll get into the rest of those guys who were dressed or not dressed for Ohio State, but I mean, you saw Cornell Tate and Brandon Ennis going through the start of the line for Ohio State. Here you go. Here's the opportunity. I think that's a big deal. We're going to get run over by a bus. There's a lot of moving parts around here. No, yeah, it's like it is a huge opportunity for these young receivers. You know what? I'm excited to watch when we talk about them. Like, and I, I wanted to make this point because I saw one of the practice fields. Like, oh yeah, we don't talk about Jaden Bauer. <laughs> like he's he is here. He is you know higher on that on that pecking order. I think so. Like when you were watching him go through, I think it might have been a Mecca and then Jaden, which is probably worth pointing out because we get so excited about the younger guys like Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis that we sometimes forget about the older guys who are on the roster who are going to get. Uh, probably an elevated opportunity in this game too, but it'll be a nice glimpse of, of the future, I think. And you know, I think it'll look similar to how it looked in the Rose Bowl a couple years ago. We saw Marvin and the Mecca kind of emerge for the first time. So I would hope that that's exciting, even if it is a bummer that you're not going to see one of the best players to ever play here play his final game as well. Yeah, and to expect it to look too much like the Rose Bowl where you had a full no, season. No, it's going to look season. exactly like where you the Rose had Bowl. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. That's playing, a bold P right there. Playing the 13th game of his season and uh, you know unleashing all hell on the Utah. Is, is Missouri going to play a running back a corner in this game? I don't believe they TBD. are. But they're, but they're all American corner, and his racket straw will not play. Yeah. So you don't. I mean, they certainly don't have the depth. That's great, but uh, Devin Brown, I thought. Just looked good. I mean, throwing the ball. Him and Lincoln Kinos both. Now, again, as we said on this morning's uh, Daily, like, we haven't watched Ohio State practice since August, but they both look pretty comfortable throwing the ball, obviously on air. not. But the ball's on the money. It's got some zip on it. And Devin Brown is the unquestioned starter heading into this game. And, again, Ohio State on, on Tuesday morning. Is it Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Like, 
went through, uh, you know, it seems like they're making sure people know it. So I, I think that's important and uh, they're, they're leaning into it and you can see it rubbing off because he looks very comfortable out there. The ankle was still taped up for Devin Brown. So no, no huge bulky brace. He had said, we talked to him a couple weeks ago that he felt a hundred percent, but you know, they're still obviously taking some precautions with that, but it's him. And I, I think it's even in 15 minutes, like very limited sample size to work with. And as Berm said, throwing routes on air, uh, it's a reminder that throughout the course of this month, like Tristan Jebbia did not take any of those reps when they were throwing on air. All of them went to Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz, and of those, it was probably like two-thirds at least for Devin Brown. So that's if you were counting that over the course of the month, the opportunity that's been provided for both of them is significant, but I think especially for Devin Brown, like the the, the showcase, the amount of reps, it's different than he would have ever received at any point previously. Certainly in training camp, we were seeing 50-50 in the split squads, you know, stuff that Ohio State was trying to do to work through the battle. I mean, they they tried to double up the reps, but that's still not quite the same thing as here you go, rep after rep, lead the line. And we'll see how he does with that on Friday night. But that's stretching that over the course of several weeks. That's a large, larger body of practice work. He was already excited about that when we talked to him back in Columbus. And I think at that point, They'd only had like one or two bowl practices under their belts, and he was already talking about how big of a difference it was to just know you're getting all of or or like 90% of the first team reps, not having to look over your shoulder in practice, not wondering what it means, like if you misfire on a throw, right? I think there's a there's a lot of freedom that comes with that, which we talked about for the last month or so. And I I mean we're at the point now where we're a couple days away from the game. I just want to see how it translates to the field for Devin Brown, because I I do think, you know, if you watch one of the course of the season, there's a lot to like. There's some stuff where you're like, "Eh, I don't know if that's really it. But I, I think this opportunity will allow him to bring out the best of him, whatever that looks like. So we'll see. We know he's not going to be throwing to Marvin Harrison, but looks like the rest of the cast around uh, Ohio State could be pretty close to the best version they could field right now after all the transfer portal decisions, NFL draft, draft opt-ins, opt-out. JT Tuimola was in uniform. Travion Henderson was in uniform. Kate Stover was uh, in full uniform. Tommy Eichenberg was going through drills. You know, outside of Lathan Ransom with the injury, you know, and Marvin with what appears to be an, an unofficial official opt out, pretty much the rest of the team was out there. Mike Hall, Mike Hall, and yeah, and that's I don't know. We'll see what that means by the end of the week. But you know, if you couldn't play physically, which is a, a situation we thought Tommy Eichenberg and Kate Silver might fall into, wouldn't they were. They were practicing in, in the capacity that we were allowed to watch. Of course, Tommy also practiced fully and didn't play against Michigan State or Minnesota. So you don't know if that's going to really matter. The guy just loves being around his teammates. And I think the interesting thing is the running back situation. Bill was asking uh, about on, on this morning's podcast daily, like where would Xavier Johnson line up? And he was with the wide receivers exclusively from what we saw. Well, running back is just Draymond Henderson and Dallin Hayden and, and T.C. Caffey, the walk-on who had a big run for a touchdown against Wisconsin a year ago. So might be an opportunity for him to, to sort of take on that Mayan Williams, Chip Trainum uh, role of the bigger back because he, he's, you know, a meatball part. Duh. That's like a big part of this game plan because I was thinking that when I was going back through and watching all of Devin Brown's rushing stuff, they were doing like a lot of lead runs with Chip Trainum blocking for Devin. And it's like you take Chip Trainum and Mayan Williams off the roster, who does that? And maybe it's like Patrick Gerd, but that kind of telegraphs it if you put Patrick Gerd yeah. in the backfield. I guess it would telegraph it too if you put TC Caffey back there. It's like, what's this guy? <laughs> you got three there? backs. I mean, but, it, but like Dallin Hayden and Trevion Henderson aren't going to do that, right? Or at least I don't think do it effectively. So um, I don't know if that limits Ohio State's run game or not, or if you can throw somebody different like a TC Caffey in there. If Dallin Hayden does it, 
I'm going to have some serious questions. <laughs> He's going to scream. I'm going to lose my <laughs> mind if supposedly the weaknesses as a blocker are like, you know what? That doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. But I am kind of excited about that. We'll talk about it in the build-up. Like, Dallin Hayden's going to play a decent amount in this game. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Like, we know and we've seen in other situations when he's been out there why Ohio State might feel a little reticence with, you know, you have to be able to pick up a blitz and throw a block. And, like, that's clearly not the strength of Dallin Hayden's game. I'm not arguing that it is. But sometimes you got to go out there in a game and actually do it when it matters. And, you know, if you will evaluate it when, however it goes, good or bad or indifferent. But he's going to have to play in this game. That's it. As Berm said, there's three guys in that line. And then a couple scout team walk-ons that are, aren't going to factor in. They don't have their own jersey on right now. So that's a big opportunity. I, I'd love to see Dallin Hayden make the most out of it. The scout team is interesting just because we see guys in this setting that we don't really get a chance to know what they're doing. I think it's interesting at wide receiver, for example, that it's Kojo Antwi and Keon Grays as the scout wide receivers as opposed to Noah Rogers and Bryson Rogers, who I would think physically are a little bit more like Luther Burton than uh, Kojo East and Theo East than than Keon and Kojo are, but like those guys probably factor more into the game plan for Ohio State if, if it gets down to that point. So it's, it's interesting to watch that. But these sort of 15-minute windows really don't show us much. Uh, no. You know, I, I thought seeing the offensive line, we did not see Matt Jones at center while we were out there. Does it mean it's off the table? Certainly not. But, again, those are the things coming into the day that we were trying to scope out. I think it's it's probably worth mentioning to talk about all the guys who are practicing. Everyone's in full pads. Tommy only had shoulder pads on. I don't I don't know what that means, but it stuck out to me that he didn't have the, the leg pads on. So I don't know. Yeah. If they end up going full contact later on today or tomorrow, maybe that's not something he takes part of. But the fact that he was even out here with shoulder pads on, I think, is a, is a sign that maybe he might try to give it a go. But I would, I would caution people a little bit on thinking that Tommy's definitely going to play in this game. What's the most interesting thing you saw in 15 minutes? Um... I mean, probably just like the appearance of JT Tulimolo out <laughs> in pads because I was I was uncertain of, of whether or not he'd be here. Well, not be here, but be a part of practice. Like if he was doing the Marvin thing, I guess I wouldn't have been terribly surprised by that. So he was fully dressed. He was going through individual drills, like had his helmet on and stuff. So that was probably the thing I took took notice of immediately. I think it was Brandon Innes' place in the line. I mean, I know that little things like that, but being out there next to Emeka Abuka, next to Xavier Johnson, next to Tommy Eichenberg, like that, I think that means something. I don't know if it means everything. I don't know if it means that much about the future of the wide receiver room, but Brandon Ennis, knowing him as a high school recruit, knowing what they expected out of him, that's not surprising that he's emerging as like the vocal leader, sort of the heartbeat of that room. I, we, I, we are really, we don't know if we're getting a bunch of background noise, but there's a lot of things happening around us. Right? Yeah, because the Cotton Bowl is a big deal, and they're getting ready for it on Friday night. I was also going to say Brandon Ennis because Brian Hartline, during that 15-minute viewing period, we go down there, they're running routes on air, and they decide to have an impromptu one-handed catch showcase. Brandon Ennis's ball skills are insane. It's not just like reeling in a one-handed catch, but then he'll like flip it over his shoulder and juggle it in the air and then no-look pass it to the managers. I would really like to see... It's another guy that falls into this category. I'm not trying to go back to the exhibition. Well, I, I'd like to see a full game for Brandon Ennis and what that could look like. I know it's early, but I would have said the same thing two years ago at Marvin. Like, hey, talked about this guy a lot in spring practice or in training camp. His name's get, getting called in a lot of scrimmage situations. Let's see more of that. And I'm, I, it's hard to ask for that in the middle of the year, like take away reps from a healthy Mecca or a Marvin or 
Julian Fleming, but that's not the situation that Ohio State is in anymore. So you have to go out and, and sink or swim a little bit in this game. And I, he's he's got to be one of the most interesting people to watch on Friday night. And Brandon was the only one of those four receivers in the class of 2023 that didn't enroll early. So, like, you don't have – we haven't had a full chance to really see what he can do. Got one catch on the year, and it's a 57-yard touchdown. Like, the kid is a baller, and I think you just – like, you could almost use him in that Xavier Johnson role um, a little bit. Out of backfield. Yeah, yeah he, he, could like do, he played quarterback at, at, yeah. in high school. Like, you can do a lot of things with him. He played wildcat quarterback, so – I think that he's a player that you just have to kind of look for. Do you think Emeka could play outside some? Which could that, that was the impression I had. Outside. So yeah. to me, like the impression of, of Brandon moving up in the line was that Mecca may be playing the outside role because Julian's gone. Yeah. Someone else is going to have to be out there. So Someone who can block. Right. And Mecca would be the most trusted blocker in that group. So I think that that opens the door for Ennis to play a lot more in the slot. But you have Carnell. Uh, on the opposite side of, of, of Emeka Buka, and then you move around the Swiss Army knife and Xavier Johnson. Well, it's getting closer. We are we are here. We are at AT&T Stadium. Buckeyes practicing uh, again. They've practiced the last couple days, and as we'll have another viewing period tomorrow, Wednesday. We'll have Ryan Day's press conference on Thursday, and then the game is finally here. It's great to be back uh, talking to you all and talking with these guys about the Buckeyes as we get ready for one more opportunity on Friday night to cover a game. It's Cotton Bowl against Missouri. That's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. These have been Snap Judgments. They're brought to you by Byers Auto. Talk to you later.